The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? What is going on? Joe Miller returning to you in the old-fashioned form prior to connecting with Buffalo Rumblings. uh, (laughs) Pre-recorded. If you do not know or have not, you probably have. uh, I have been recording this show, the Overreaction Sports Podcast, live on YouTube for about the last three months. And uh, due to the fact that it is mine and my wife's 20th anniversary, It was on Wednesday of last week. However, due to, well, work and jobs and meetings and having kids that have track events and track and field meets and things like that, and then the Hump Day Hotline, we were unequivocally wholly unable to uh, celebrate our anniversary together. So what we have uh, decided to do is we've decided that we we, we decided, I should should say, to take Sunday, and uh, we went downtown and got a room at the Marriott and uh, spent Sunday and uh, Monday downtown. Uh, just enjoying each other's company and celebrating our 20th. We are planning a trip in the very near near future, hopefully someplace tropical like Hawaii. That's where we went for our anniversary, or I should say our honeymoon, but we shall see. So everybody, with that, welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. I think you know that already. And you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Be sure, whatever platform that you are listening to this on, to like and subscribe. I would also recommend that you jump over to YouTube, pull up Buffalo Rumblings, and uh, and subscribe to that as well. We're working our way to 1,000 subscribers, and once that happens, we'll actually be uh, kind of in a different stratosphere, different platform, if you will. Uh, but uh, also, if you are looking to buy or sell a home, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the market is absolutely crazy right now. If you're looking to buy or, buy or sell a home, you need to be represented by the best. And I'm telling you right now, John Spazcheck, the market dominator, is the best. John works for Keller Williams. They're the largest real estate brokerage in the world. John is one of the best in Western New York. He can also help you wherever you are if you are a displaced Bills Mafia. 
uh, he can assist you. But uh, if you're looking, to, if you're specifically looking to sell, you need representation. Do not sell by owner. I can't remember what the number is. John gave it to us once in this show that if you try to sell by owner, specifically in a market like this, that you'll actually you'll never maximize the value of your home. You'll never get all out of all the money out of it that you could have. And obviously, when we're selling a home, that's what we're trying to do: get as much out of the house as we possibly can. And if you're looking to buy, you need a guy that's going to push the other team, the seller team. And that's what John does. You can reach John via his cell phone, his personal cell phone, 716-570-3298, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on email or at his email address, youreletebroker at gmail.com. He's also on Twitter. He is Bill's Mafia. His handle is youreletebroker, at youreletebroker. John is uh, very good at what he does. Uh, I've used him. All of my friends have used him. My family's used him. He's fantastic. Uh, and I'm proud to say that he's been sponsoring this show for over a year now, which is really, really cool. Uh, yeah, it's been over a year, I believe. But uh, so glad you're here. Man, that was a lot. So glad you guys are here, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener. I'm really excited, as I say every week, that you guys are have joined me and are listening. It, it's always a pleasure whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, on the commute to or from work, at the gym with your AirPods in or Maybe next week, watching me live on YouTube. Let me just one more time say welcome. Excited to have you a part of the show. Last week, I had Joe Marino from Locked on Bills on my show. Uh, we did uh, part one of a two-part series. It wasn't intended to be a two-part series. We broke down the schedule. If you missed last week's show, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. You can also view it on YouTube. We we broke down the schedule based on quarterbacks, based on uh, major ad additions and subtractions to each team, so obviously the, the Bills' opponents, and then based on who's got home field advantage and what that stadium brings to us. We got about halfway through it. So episode two is going to come to you, Bills Mafia, live next week on the Overreaction Sports Show, Sunday night, 9 o'clock p.m. on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. You can also find it on their Facebook as well as their Twitter. Uh, and if you are not able to watch or join me live with Joe on Sunday night, you can watch that or listen to that show. It'll drop as per normally scheduled, just like this one, Monday afternoon at 12. Uh, but so good to have you guys. Uh, I want to talk about the overreaction sports radio thing probably later. I'm not going to keep you guys long today. I want to talk about Julio Jones. I play a lot of fantasy football, and I'm not going to get into fantasy football, but I want to start this by saying that I love, love Julio Jones. I have Julio Jones. I have a, I have a three-man keeper league, and what that means is that uh, every team, every every owner gets to keep three players on his roster. I have a, so we get to we get to keep a player from basically three guys not from competing positions. So like one quarterback, one wide receiver, one running back. You can't have two running backs on wide receiver. You can only keep one from each position, if that makes sense. But in this this league forever, since like 1994, I think it's been a million years. I love Julio Jones. Julio Jones is my keeper and has been for a couple of years since I traded for him uh, as my wide receiver. I love, love, love Julio Jones. He's an amazing talent. He's a dominant football player on the football field. He is not only a possession receiver that can run the entire route tree, but he is also a monster of a human being that can go deep and outrun defensive backs. I will say this in regards to all of the, and, and, and there's no telling, but at the time of this recording, Julio Jones has not been traded at this point, and he is not, he's still an Atlanta Falcon. By the time you guys are listening to this, it's very possible he could have made a move. It just came out that he wants to be traded to the New England Patriots. Don't ask me why. 
it's pretty clear that Julio Jones, aside from being an amazing talent, isn't up to date with how good football teams are that aren't called the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> because going to the Patriots, even if he played the whole season, and he's probably not going to because he's often injured, the man is not made of glass, but he's not exactly, you know, Iron Man condition either. Even if he were to play the entire season, his reception count is probably going to be cut in half of what he normally gets because of the quarterbacking situation in New England. There's a lot of people pining for Julio Jones. Now, don't get me wrong. Well, you know, you just don't want him because he's older. No, I want a J.J. Watt. I am on record, loud and vocal, about needing a havoc wreaker that can play several positions along the defensive line J.J. Watt is 32 or 34 years old. He's getting up and he's got a lot of miles on him. He's got a lot of injuries, just like Julio Jones. Very similar situation. When you think of the two players, Julio Jones and J.J. Watt, they've got a lot of common commonalities, right? Both getting up there, both amazingly dominant players, both extremely talented, arguably the best player at their position, both often injured. A lot of miles on both of them. I'm on record as saying that I wanted J.J. Watt bad. J.J. Watt, to me, was a defense changer. He was a guy that would come in, hit this defensive line, and this defensive line would be immediately different. I don't think the same is true for Julio Jones. We saw the 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 proverbial shot in the arm, the boost that, that Stephon Diggs gave this football team when he made it to this roster and what he did for Josh Allen was something that none of us all expected. I would, I would, I would bet you my house that if you were able to get Brandon Bean over a beer and say, did you expect Stefan Diggs to have this much of an effect on this offense? He would tell you he did not. Yes. They expected good. They expected potential. Great. They expected it to work. You don't make a trade like that trade a first round draft pick you know, to the to the to the Minnesota Vikings to get Stefan Diggs without having an expectation, but we spent all of 2020 in Wildest Dreams Land. Hashtag Wildest Dreams Land. I highly doubt that Brandon Bean expected the effect on this football team and on Josh Allen that Stefan Diggs brought. And I think that some Bills Mafia have it in their mind that somehow we can like run it back. I think that's the fun word that everybody says. Like we can do it again. That if you bring in Julio Jones and all of a sudden this, this offense is once again, taking a giant leap forward. I would beg to differ. No. A big one is like, you know, you are looking to win the last two games of the season. We're looking to beat Kansas city. We're looking to be Tampa in 2020. I just don't think that Julio is going to do that for you. Do I think J.J. Watt is the guy? I don't think that it's an automatic, but I think he gets us closer. I mean, when you look realistically at the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, I don't know that Julio Jones is making a difference in that football game at all. Does a guy like J.J. Watt make a difference in that football game? Yes. And I don't even want to look forward to the Super Bowl and the potential or possibility of having played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers completely undressed the Chiefs, much in the way the Chiefs undressed us. 
I just don't think that even though they're similar situations, similar stories, opposite sides of the football, I don't think that Julio Jones has the potential same effect adding him to this football team that J.J. Watt would have. J.J. Watt still highly productive. Julio Jones, highly productive. But outside of running back, stud running back and dominant tight end, that offense is that that wide receiver room is stacked. But Joe isn't isn't Julio Jones better than uh, you know better than Gabe Davis? Yes, of course he is. Is he better than Cole Beasley? I don't know. At their ages, at their production level, at what they're bringing to this football team, is he better than Emmanuel Sanders? Probably. But do we honestly think, do we believe, and it's possible I'm the guy that was calling for them to be a pass-first offense, do we think that they're going to throw the ball as often, as frequently as they did in 2021? Or in 2020, as they, are they going to throw the ball as often and frequently in 2021 as they did in 2020? I can't answer that question. I can't see a situation or a scenario where Julio Jones comes to this football team and they throw the ball 80% of the time. I, j- I just can't see it. I'd love it. <laughs> I just can't see it. And I, and I don't know that that's necessarily a recipe for winning football games in the NFL, being wholly one-dimensional. W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy. You could argue whether or not Julio Jones adding being added to this roster makes this football team better. You could argue whether or not Julio Jones makes his own current football team better. That's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. But guys like Calvin Ridley are beginning to make you forget a little bit about Julio Jones. No? Not to mention the fact that if you want to make this football team better on offense, we talked about it a second ago a little bit. I kind of broached the topic. But if we're trying to catch the Chiefs, what's going to help us beat the Chiefs in that AFC championship game or when Kansas City was here last year, It's not by adding another wide receiver. It's by finding a dominant running back or a dominant tight end. And the reality is, is if you're wanting to beat Kansas City, you need an actual second defensive back cornerback or an edge rusher, havoc wreaker like the aforementioned J.J. Watt. And leading into that, it's it's funny because I get asked all the time, all the time, and I'm sure that a lot of you do too if, if you're friends and people know that you're Bills fans. And if you're listening to me right now, and I know several content, other content creators listen to my show, and I listen to theirs, and I, I appreciate everybody who listens, but I know that everybody's getting asked, so what did you think of the draft? I've been asked that a lot. People know I have a podcast. People know that I'm on Rumblings. People know that I'm on YouTube all the time. So I, I'm the first person they come to, whether I'm at a restaurant or at somebody's house for dinner or at church or wherever, what'd you think of the draft? And at first... I didn't like it. We've, I'm on I'm record as saying that as well. I was very kind of confused. Wasn't sure what the Bills were trying to accomplish. You know, I, I felt we needed a cornerback. I felt we needed potentially, you know, there was a lot of hemming and hawing or, or I should say pining about a linebacker. I really wanted, for lack of a better, <laughs> there's no way to dance around it. I wanted a running back. If one of them had fallen, I didn't want to reach. I definitely didn't want to jump up and get one. But I did want a running back in this draft. The board didn't fall to us that way, and that's fine. And they went defensive end. You know, they went Groot, Gregory Rousseau, which was great. 
Didn't know a lot about Groot at the time. There were some other guys that maybe I would have wanted more, and then second round comes around, and they take Boogie Basham. The moment that they took two edge rushers back-to-back first and second was the moment I was like, I'm completely out of the loop on what's going on today, as was every other single draft prognosticator for the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) All those... All those mock drafts getting shredded. And then when they take Spencer Brown in round three, literally, if there was anybody that had one left out of some semblance of hope that they were going to hit on three, five, and six, you just heard papers ripping much like in March Madness, right? And people swearing, cursing as their papers are hitting the floor. But as I look back now, I'm convinced that getting back to Julio Jones getting back to this conversation of catching the Chiefs, getting back to the conversation of trying to win the last two football games, because we're not, we're being chased. We're not the chaser. You don't punch the bully in the face and then worry and knock him out and then worry if he's going to get back up and like, you know, attack you from behind. We're not worried about the Patriots anymore. Yes, there probably is some concern about the Dolphins and the Jets are the Jets. But this football team and the Buffalo Bills are chasing the Kansas City Chiefs and they're trying to get to the Super Bowl and win. And if you're trying to do that, as I sit here now and I and I kind of rethink the draft and I rethink who they drafted, where they drafted them at, as I watch Bills Embedded, what a wonderful put to, uh, sh- uh, uh, production that was. Kudos to the entire Buffalo Bills media staff for putting that together. Just, just the, the insight that we got from the Bills embedded in regards to just you know, the trading, the potential to trade up, to trade down, and, and that they were open to it, and there was like conversations going on, and that there were guys out there that they wanted, and and that the, you know, and obviously their board was dictating where they were going to go, but they were hoping certain dudes would fall, and yada, yada, yada. And they saw the value that if their guy wasn't there and bash him, that they were going to move out and stuff like that. It was It was super intriguing. And I know that there's a level of production that even inside the production, they have to make us feel like, no, this was the plan and this is great. This is exactly what we wanted. Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham. But taking into account everything that I watched after after what I feel from watching that episode, watching 2020 play out, watching that defensive line get completely housed in almost every single football game and be of very, very little effect to the point where it almost made Tredavious White ineffective and made the defensive backfield ineffective because the year before, the entire defense was solid because the defensive line was solid. I think literally, I'm in love with this Buffalo Bills draft now. I'm at the point now where I think that the Bills did exactly the right thing to take the next step, which is what we're trying to do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs and win the last two football games of the season. Here is the thing. One of the big reasons that Pat Mahomes struggled at any game or any point in this season, last season, and he struggled in the Super Bowl and lost was because there was constant pressure on him. Now, I love Jerry Hughes. There's guys, I love Harrison Phillips. There's guys on this football team on this defensive line that I absolutely love. There's guys that were on this football defensive line that I was not so happy with. But as a pressure is defined, doesn't necessarily mean that a pressure is happening. There are certain quarterbacks in the NFL that if you get near them, they hear footsteps, they fall over. Or they they duck out and they take off. The Bills are going to see a lot of that this year 
with the slate of quarterbacks you're going to be facing. However, they're also going to be facing Pat Mahomes again and Tom Brady. There's a good amount of quarterbacks in the NFL that if you quote-unquote pressure them and get near them, they don't care. By and large, for the most part, Josh Allen is turning into one of those quarterbacks. Yes, he can get rattled at times. He was rattled in that Kansas City AFC Championship game. But there's a, there's a point where that pressure has to get home. That, that pressure has to get a hand in the quarter. It has to disrupt a play. It has to disrupt the throw. It has to disrupt the timing of the play. It has to give the defense, the backfield in particular, an opportunity to make a play or move the quarterback around and off of his spot, get him uncomfortable enough to, right, make errors. Even if it's a simple error like throwing an incompletion all the way to an interception. I'm convinced wholly at this point in time, convinced that pass rush is what it's going to take to get the Buffalo Bills to win the next two football games. We had the pleasure, uh, Jay Spence and I had the pleasure last week of having Matt Perino on the show, on the Humpty Hotline. If you don't know what the Humpty Hotline is, the Humpty Hotline is a a YouTube show live with uh, me and Jay Spence. We co-host it together. Uh, and it's every Wednesday, nine o'clock, live on YouTube on the Buffalo Rumblings uh, multicast network, and we we just talk bills, and we and we chat with, we chat with the with the with the people in the chats in the comment section. It's basically a call in show without a phone. But we had the pleasure of having Matt Perino on the show last week, and after talking with Matt and kind of what his first what he got to see of Groot and what he got to see of Boogie Basham, you know, Groot is long and and he can affect and will affect the pass rush with with his length, and that was actually something that you heard in the Bills Embedded program. If you've not watched it, go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's also on the, the buffalobills.com website. Boogie Basham, uh, quick. And we know that with quickness and size, which Boogie has, that speed on a defensive line, can like that kills. That That is a problem for offensive linemen. I'm really excited to see what moving Groot around the offensive or the defensive line, whether it's inside to outside, star coming back, Give me uh, Ed Oliver back to his natural position where he was becoming dominant in his rookie season, and then they moved him off of his position last year. Coupled with Jerry Hughes, coupled with A.J. Epinesa, coupled with right Harrison Phillips and the guys that are going to rotate in and out of this thing. Bold prediction from Joe Miller from the Overreaction Sports Podcast. I think this de- defensive line is poised to rebound and possibly become you know top five again. And if this defense, wait for it, if this defense becomes top five again and this offense is top three or top four again, what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that this is going to be a really good football team and all of a sudden the opportunity to win the last two football games becomes a reality. Because by far and away, we all know that the, the the defense last year and the running game to a point, there's some statistics out there that would tell you that the running game wasn't that bad, but the defense, by and large, was the problem that this football team had last year. Bring me pass rushers. Bring me pass rushers, and I bet you discover that Levi Wallace maybe isn't the liability in coverage that we all saw him to be in 2020. Why? 
because when you're allowing the quarterback to get in rhythm to throw off you know to throw in time to three step drop and fire five step drop and fire seven step drop and fire or do whatever whatever it is that he wants to do back there and execute the plays as drawn up because you can't pressure him all that does is put your cornerbacks on an island levi was on an island a lot last year the quarterback's unsettled and uncomfortable and he's worried about the footsteps and he's worried about somebody getting a hand on the football or a hand on his back or a hand on his arm or he's worried about his offensive tackle or his offensive guard getting shoved back into his face. Levi Wallace, all of a sudden, has an advantage. And let's not forget about a couple of the other guys that they have in the stable and Dane Jackson and the new kid, Wild Goose. Regardless. Super excited to see what these young guys are going to bring to this football team. Super excited. I know that Groot is a what they call a high-ceiling, high-character guy that's got some developing to do. I'm the one that talked about it as well on draft night that he's going to have to obviously develop quite a bit. But there's there's nobody there's no one saying that it's it's going to take there's no book that says it's going to take three years like it did Josh Allen. There's no book that says it's going to take five years. There's no book that says that his development might take as long as, you know, hypothetically, you know, pick a guy in the NFL, whether it's Tremaine who struggled early and is, is coming into his own or whatever. That dude's a, he's a huge, he's an enormous individual that's just learning how to play. He, the, he played defensive end for one year. And he's going to be the biggest guy in the football on the football field pretty much every play. He could very well come in and make noise year one. I'm telling you right now, watch out for this Boogie Basham kid. This kid is going to be good. He is going to be a difference maker. I think there are, I don't know at this point in time that I would say that there is one single havoc wreaker on this defensive line that I've been pining for forever. One guy that, you know, is the unblockable TJ Watt, JJ Watt, Joey Bosa guy. But I think there's some combinations here that are going to give offensive lines fits. And that will turn into havoc wreaking. I'm excited. I'm already, I can't, this is like the the dead season. I know that uh, the Bills return to OTAs, voluntary, voluntary OTAs. And the last I heard, 75 players were in, t- in attendance or were going to be in attendance. The season can't get here soon enough, fam. The season just can't get here soon enough. It's, uh, it's a long off season. Uh, with that, I do want to take literally just a minute. I appreciate all the support and I appreciate all of you listening to this podcast and I appreciate you guys tweeting at me and, and just being in, in connection with me. Jay Spence and I are trying to do something that uh, it, it, it has, I don't want to say it hasn't been done before, but to the level that we're trying to do it, it hasn't necessarily been done uh, and we need your help. Uh, if you have not checked out yet, www.overreactionsports.com, please do so now. There's a bunch of information there. Jay Spence and I are actually trying to start a full functioning uh, sports talk Buffalo Bills radio station that will be commercial free. It'll be delivered to you on your phone, on an app. You can get it anywhere in the world. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are in California or Arizona or someplace like that and you're bummed because you always have to listen to Colin Coward or you have to listen to Jim Rome, not that those guys are bad. I love those guys, but you know sometimes you'd like to get your bills fixed, but it's just difficult. This is for you. Listen to me. However, we are not rich men. 
we are not philanthropists and we have not, uh, uh, you know, banked hundreds of millions of dollars and it costs money to, to do this stuff because we want to do it right and we want to pay salaries uh, and we want to get the right people involved and invested in this thing. So do me a favor, head over to that website. If you could, if you could check it out, www.overreactionsports.com. Uh, and if you're so inclined to help us get this thing launched, we want to get it launched by September 1st. I would greatly appreciate it. Another thing we just announced as well is that uh, it is it is in our business plan and in our business presentation and model that we are going to give, uh, we're going to sow 10% of gross revenue, not net profits after expenses, gross revenue, every dollar, 10% of every dollar that we bring in, we're going to sow back into the Buffalo community uh, through partner charities and organizations or just in general. And we've already selected our first one and uh, are super excited. Uh, I announced it last week that uh, we are have, have partnered with 26 Shirts with Del Reed. Uh, to uh, they're going to be one of our partner organizations for that. Uh, but uh, this there's an aspect of of being able to affect your community, knowing where you come from, and being a part of you know what makes us all sons and daughters of Buffalo, and wanting to give back. And that's very much also a big part of expenses in my heart. So head over to that website, check it out, and if uh, you're so inclined, that would be awesome that uh, you could uh, donate. There's some donation levels there: twelve, seventeen, thirty-four, seventy-eight, and then some after that that include a bunch of stuff. There's a, there's reward levels as far as giving. You'll get stuff gifts that are going to come from us, which is just our way of saying thank you. There's also be some giveaways coming up on Twitter and social media. Uh, those are coming soon. Thanks to Jim, uh, Jim Ruther. But, uh, yeah, with that, everybody, uh, short episode today, I'm going to get you guys out of here probably in under 30 minutes, which is exciting. Uh, but, uh, long off season, but soon enough, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bills football will be returning to us. Do me a favor, pay attention, tune into my guy, Jay Spence tomorrow on Tuesday. He'll be live Monday night tonight on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to check out everybody, uh, breaking Buffalo rumblings, uh, all the good shows, Buff Hub, uh, obviously Bruce Exclusive. I'm trying to think of them all, and they're going to escape me, and I apologize. Anthony Marino. Oh, I already said Anthony Marino's show. <laughs> I'm circling the wagons. Oh, I'm horrible at this. I should have made myself a list so I don't forget because I always forget something because I'm getting old. But uh, appreciate you guys, as always. Look forward to you. Don't forget, next week, next week, Joe Marino, episode two, breaking down the second half of the Bills schedule based on quarterback, the quarterback we're playing the uh, major additions and subtractions from our opponent and the stadium that we're playing in. So 9 o'clock next week. If you can't catch it live next week, Sunday night on YouTube, it will drop as a pod just like this one uh, on Monday at noon. So until then, I love you guys. Can't wait to see you. We'll talk to you soon. Go Bills. Go Bills.